I said to my friend Jerome in the studio, I said, man, I can't find a job. I don't know how to pay for this shit. And then he said, he said, you're serious about doing the music thing, innit? And I said, yeah. And he said, so that's like what you really want to do. And I said, yeah. And he goes, so you're not doing it, why? And I said, because I don't want to work like a shit job and like an idiot. And he goes, yeah, you see, we're different type of people. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, because I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. I work in McDonald's and I sleep, I sweep floors. I don't give a fuck. He goes, who cares what people think about me? Then I looked at him and I said, Jerome, you really like, that's how you really feel. And he said, and he said, yeah. He goes, you, he goes, otherwise you really don't want it enough. This is after I'd done my raves and everything. And I, Shout out Jerome. Shout out to Jerome, Jerome B, Jerome Townsend. Welcome to Desire to Inspire Podcast. I'm Jerome, I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur, and I'm here to bring in my life, bring in my world, drop a lot of jewels and a lot of gems. And if you take 20% of what I say and apply it, you definitely make some change in your life. So I'm back with another episode of this podcast. And um, yeah, man, I'm just here, like, you know, consistency is a real key. So I've got a few episodes out. Well, I wouldn't say a few, I'm always, in, I'm always in the 50s. This is 47, so I'm just trying to keep consistent with everything I do and always trying to make things better, so... This episode is, is called the estate, from the estate to real estate, which is which is a mad line because I'm I'm am from the estate, you know, low income housing benefit, you know, and man them from the ends don't really understand that you can get into anything you want to do. It's just your mindset. Certain man just think that you can't do certain things or it's only for the wealthy. But today, literally today, you can do anything because the internet is literally your friend. It's your best friend. So I feel like everyone should just come out that mindset and just do anything you want to do because that's the only thing really holding you back. So. For me personally, like I'm starting off in like property, I've got bad credit. You know what I mean, and I'm I'm not ashamed to say that. You know what I mean, and I'm trying to fix that, and that's one thing that held me back for years. And like, I didn't know about it, so that's what stopped me like going forward. In it, I was just like, I'm not gonna do anything because I got bad credit. No, like the banks are not gonna give me no money, so there's no point. Silly mentality. I couldn't even look into it, get some help. I just left it. So anyway, fast forward now, I went to an event. Uh, about Ernie Leisure, these are American guys, um, and they talk about crypto, real estate, and whatever. And I met this guy who does mortgages in London. He's like a London guy from South, and he's called Seb the Mortgage Guy. Please go and follow him. He's got um, a company called um, New Property Finance. Really good. Go and follow him on Instagram. He's doing really good stuff for people in the community. So basically, I had done a phone call with him um, and basically talking about my situation and how I can get on the property ladder today in 22. Because um, all these years, man, I'll be real with you. Like, I, I didn't have no guidance. Really, I'm only going to him because he's a black black brother. I'll be real with you. Because like, all, the, all the other times, it was like some older white people. I didn't, couldn't relate to them. And they wasn't man them. So I didn't really feel comfortable. This guy, he's proper sick. So I definitely know that he's a guy that definitely go and follow. He's trying to help people get mortgages and get on the ladder. So anyway, the method that he basically was, that I'm trying to get into, which these guys will be able to talk about, my guests, is about using other people's money, right? And you got to know... Um, what the monthly payments are and what deposits you need, you know, what amounts you need. So if you've got a job, you just need to be a save freak. Just save. Don't spend too much and just keep saving your money until you have that deposit and you've got that money. So it's really about spending less. It's not even that hard. Uh, it's just a matter of having discipline, really. So in that phone call, he said that basically uh, the investments is about using other people's money and flipping homes. That's kind of like what the objective is once I get started. So I went to that event. Um, I went to a webinar as well. These guys, you know, they came from America and they basically was trying to speak about all of this stuff. And I was thinking to myself, where's the English versions of people talking about property? There isn't, we're, we're building it now, but it's all, like most of the stuff I see on the internet is from America. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to do this for London for the end. So, yeah, so I think the main thing, like why I'm doing this podcast today is like I want to basically build people together because, you know, business is about relationships. It's about who you know. It's about having relations with people that can you can actually build from. So I hope that my guests can actually build a relationship after this because um, I know we're all busy. We're all busy, but we can make time to kind of 
sit down with each other and just try and add value. You know what I mean? So uh, I think in this day and age, yeah, people need to just share knowledge, you know, and stop hiding information. You know, we don't need to, like, we can copy each other. Like, if, if you have something that works, like, I should be able to copy you and get a, a similar or the same result. You know what I mean? We shouldn't, just because someone's achieved a result, we shouldn't be that insecure that we should be able to hold people back. So I just want to share knowledge, share information, and I don't know nothing about what I'm, about this. I'm at the seed, I'm at the bottom. So these guys can really show you exactly what they're doing and how it works. And if anyone's got any questions, you can put it in the comments. So the main thing is about having good credit, getting into property, like I just said, and then you know what your options are. And then you can sit down, have a clear plan of action, about six, three to six months. And then once you do that, they look at your income, they look at what positive you can um, you can do. So the first book I'm going to drop related to credit is called Your Credit Score by Liz Weston. Please, if you got bad credit, if it's a low score, if you need to improve it, get the book and it will help you. The step-by-step guides. I literally just started the book, so I ain't really finished it, but that's something I'm working on myself. So definitely, the information is out there, man. Don't read the book and do nothing because nothing ain't going to happen. So one of the things that I got into personally as well was Dubai. I went to Dubai in April. Um, a lot of English people have gone to Dubai because when you come here, you're basically getting robbed. You're going to get like a lot of money for like, a small flat or a small house just to live in London. So, you know... Dubai, there's no taxes, you know, insurance isn't that high, and there's a lot of de- there's a lot of development in London. But if you go to Dubai, there's probably ten times as much because they still got open land there. They don't have open land here. So when I went there, um, I spoke down and sit down to some mortgage advisors and just see how we can get on the ladder. So yeah, man, anyone's interested, man, you, you can start there and then come back and use the money you're investing in the property in Dubai to pay to get a house in London that you want to live in. Do you know what I mean? So just different things you can do. I think now because the property market has changed. In the last 20 years, um, a lot of people are just thinking outside the box. So if anyone doesn't know about real estate, real estate investing basically in a simple term is cash flow from rent payments. So basically every time someone pays rent, that goes in someone's pocket, right? So why, do, why should people invest in real estate? Passive income, right? You've got to know that um, every time you've you got to pay your living expenses, that goes on forever, right? So if you have income that can come in consistently, that can, that can pay that, then it frees up your time so you can invest that in managing overseeing it it's not about doing nothing it's about having passive income so you can actually have a lifestyle and a schedule that you you have yourself you're not bound to a job or because you have you know expenses so in a short term that's kind of how real estate works um and the housing market there's a lot of developments um the first thing anyone will do today is um go on go on the internet and go google search right move is at the top of the list um and sometimes i feel like these guys might be able to jump in like the prices online is just um, a fab- not fabricated number, but they add the fees and charges. So the money that when you go and talk to a state agent, they got to make their money. So they got to put their fees and charges on there. So the value of the property, you don't really know. So sometimes the right move, you really have to just, again, build relationships with the right people to get the right deals. Do you know what I mean? So it's about supply and demand. Uh, the main thing is about supply and demand. The people need to be um, selling and buying properties right at a certain rate. And it has to be affordable as well. That's a big word. Um, because the average the average wage and house prices is crazy. Like, uh, you can't really afford it. A lot of people can't afford it, so they're moving out, you know, they're moving out of London. My sister personally moved to Luton because it was cheaper, and then moved back because Luton is not a nice area, you know. So it's, it's a difficult position, but anyway, this is the stuff that I've kind of looked at. This is stuff that I'm still trying to look into and understand. Uh, London specifically, there's loads of flats getting built, and due to increasing population in the city, um, due to immigration. So in the last, like, maybe I'll say 15, 10 years, a lot of Polish, a lot of Eastern Europeans. So that's just made London become this mad populated city that they need to build property. So that's just my spill, and I'm going to stop talking now because I can talk for England. 
and I'm going to introduce my first guest, um, which is Dylan. So Dylan, uh, please introduce everything about yourself, uh, what you do, yeah, and how we met as well. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, my name is Dylan. I'm 23. I'm a property investor. I'm from West London. I invest in West London. Um, I think. Where did we meet? Did we went through networking. Yeah. Well, KP's. That's it. That's thing. Yeah, I don't want to say that on there, but KP's that's you know, that's where we met. That's it. Originally, that's and then we met at the property show. So that's it. Yeah, we have a similar interest in property, so that's where we had a bit of synergy, and that's where we're here today, and everything works from there. But if I was to talk more specifically, what I do in property is I do two things. I do something called buy, refurbish, refinance, rent, and I do buy to flip. To give a bit of background about what both of those those are, is buy, refurbish, refinance, rent is when you buy a property at the right price, you do the refurbishment to add a certain amount of lip, um, uplift to the value, then you refinance it. To, and the main goal is to mainly recoup most of your money so you've got the capital to go again. However, right now, the London market is quite buoyant. So in the past, where an estate agent will go, all right, I've got number 20 in Church Street to sell, number 40 sold for 100 grand. But do you know what? A couple of rows down, I had a property that sold 20 grand over the asking price. So let me overprice that now to 120, even though the property's worth 100 grand. So what's going on right now is there's an abundance of money right now. And um, there's a lot of money in circulation since um, post-COVID. And a lot of people are looking for yield at the moment. And now that they're looking for yield, they're looking for a safe investment to store their money. And property in the UK is seen as a very safe store of value. It's almost like gold. It always holds, more specifically in London, it always holds its value. It does, it does crash at times, but it always recovers, more specifically London. So right now, the property market in London is very, very, very competitive. So it's not unheard of to see a property that requires a full refurbishment go for the same price as something that requires no refurbishment. And it's not uncommon to see property go so over the odds that when it comes to valuation, the mortgage company are saying, nope, it's not worth how much you're paying for it. We're not going to lend you money on that. But um, so I, I keep going. I love talking about properties, you can see. But yeah, so that's basically buy refurbish refinance. Buy a property that needs work. Create some uplift by refurbishing it, extending the lease, creating more bedrooms, giving more floor space. Creates an amount of uplift that you can refinance your money. It's also buy to sell or buy to flip, which is basically it's, it's self-explanatory. You buy a property at the right price, you do the work, and then you sell it on and you go again. So basically, those are the two strategies that I mainly focus on right now. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really good. You know, I have so many notes. Again, I'm a student, so explain yield. Like, what is a yield? So hypothetically, the way I can, I can give you a little analogy. So say hypothetically, these numbers are a bit wild, but you'll get the analogy. So say, for example, I had a property in London and a property in Birmingham. That property in London is going to be worth more than a property in Birmingham. However, I will get more for the money I invested in that property because the relation between the rent and the mortgage pay and so the more the relation between the rent and amount of money capital I've used to get into that property mm -hmm. is higher than it would be in London. So among property investors, there's this big debate regarding yield or capital appreciation. Yeah. Now, okay. I'm going to sit in a fence with this one because this is something I'm always get questions about okay. yield or yeah. capital appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So in the north, you usually get better yield. In the south, you usually get historically the capital appreciation is better. There's no real right or wrong answer what you want to achieve. But that's usually the rule of thumb. The north for the yield, you get more for your money. Mm-hmm. The south is historically where the capital appreciation is. Okay, now I love for the information, man, literally. So, like, when you're talking about the buying and refinancing that, like, how much money are you actually paying for this refurbishment? And is that ever a hindrance? Like, paying a lot of money to, even though, like, for me, my my opinion, like, one of my good friends into property into property development actually said, you need to make the houses different than what's out in the market. So people come and view and be like, wow, I want this place because you've actually invested money in it. So it's better to get a derelict house and do it up and sell it, which is kind of what you're doing, right? So how much money are you looking to put in these properties to get them to be sellable? It depends on what work is required. What I always say is get a build from experience. You kind of look at a property and work it out. But I'd always say when you're beginning, get a builder in. But one thing I always say is when you, Basically, when a builder comes in is they'll give you a quote for how much the refurb will be. Refurbs always cost more than we anticipate. Mm. Various reasons. And maybe the builder rips that out. He realizes he needs to spend more money than anticipated. Maybe you could buy the wrong material. That's the other way around. It's always costs more. So whenever you're budgeting your deals, you should always have a cushion. So that way you don't get burnt because... There's something I always go by. You should always be pessimistic about how much the end value of that property will be. Mm-hmm. You should always overestimate the price of your refurb. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your other question? Um, basically, I was just saying about how much it will cost. To like, yeah, to like the amount of money you would have to. Again, it obviously fluctuates, isn't it? But yeah, like, so how much money it costs you? Hey, you usually learn from experience. What I always recommend is getting a builder in. Um, during the conveyance period or probably prior to that at the view mm. sorry it's better to get during the viewing so that way okay. you know what it's going to cost and you can make your offer also be good it's a nice little trick to have the builder in with the agent so then when you're okay. making your go. offer love that, love they that. can't argue that so some mm. kind of, it's a little gem something I always do when I go to properties I walk around I go ah this is going to cost two grand mm. it's going to cost four grand yeah, yeah, yeah. that this property's worth. How much is this property you think worth? Hold on, let me go on Google. I always have that conversation with the agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it makes sense for me to offer. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a nice little gem. That's sick, man. I like that. So like builders, man, like is that a struggle to get a good builder or like a builder that's like worth paying the money or is it like... Builders. How is that going? Yeah, builders, when you're starting, you've got to rely on your network mm, to mm. recommend one. Yes, yes. But with builders... Is, is a mixture of problems you'll get. Um, one is, because I'm from a trade background myself, I know this is things usually take longer than you anticipate. So I yeah, always say, yeah. if you're going to do a refurb, if you think it's going to take one month, yeah, I'll consider it two months. If you think it's going to be two months, four months, four months, eight months, you've got that problem. Also with builders as well, is you're relying on them to basically be swift and quick. Mm. And when it comes to the ends, they may leave the little jobs. You might have to chase them to do that, which can prolong okay. things as well. Of and course, of course, of course. And there's other little things that are out of your hands. But that's where it's all about having that cushion. And it's also when your network comes in as well. Because if you've got a network of people, everything in this game is about your network. Facts. I, I always, always say that. I always say that. Yeah, yeah. number one facts. Yeah, Andrew. That's why I always say the, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. That's something I live oh, by. I love that line. Because, yeah. <laughs> say listen, that again, bro. Say that again one more time, bro. 
What? Yeah, the more hands you shake, the more money you like make. That. That's sick. Because the more people yeah, yeah, you talk to, on. the more opportunities you get. Come on, come on. You learn from their experiences. You can share one of your everyone like every person you meet may have something. They always have a gem and vice versa. That's why I never discriminate. I always talk to everyone. Sick, sick. But as I said, that's where your network comes in where you can go to someone, yeah, like I'm invested in I'm invested in Lewisham. You got a building in Lewisham. Yeah, I've got one. How's he? Yeah, he's good. Mm, Try it. Go to mm. him. Ju- jumping on that, like when you when I saw you at the property, I I saw this guy like a two day, was it a couple of days after the KP's yeah, um, yeah, dad's yeah. thing? And I met you at the property investment show. Tell me what you learned from that. Because that's about networking, right? So tell me what you got from it, what your experience was. And like, because that was good for me. Investment show. I met was in London Excel, wasn't it? Yeah. Because around the couple, a lot of property events were quite active in the community. I bumped into a lot of people I knew. There was a lot of things I learned. So I was talking to different brokers there, different, um, who did I speak to as well? I met someone. What's that guy from Holmes Under the Hammer's name? I can't remember, you know. I've, I've I've saved this information in my phone, but I can't yeah. remember. That's it. I met okay. him. Had yeah. a nice little conversation with him. I think I met one company as well that develops apps for yeah, like there's loads of different things in it. See, with networking, sometimes you never realize what you met at the time, mm. but then when it all accumulates, this is it. Later, you think down, you think, wow, like I know this guy who got this opportunity. I know that mm, guy, mm. and sometimes at the time you don't realize it, but it all accumulates. Yeah, literally yeah no nah, just Ooh, one more thing i'm gonna jump on in terms of the refinancing in part now of what, what you do so how how does it work what's the steps of like the refinancing so once everything's done right that's when you get into refinancing yeah yeah that's so it. what are the steps to the refinancing so with refinancing so so basically when you've bought a property you've always got the end in mind whenever you buy a property there's three important figures the purchase price the amount you need to pay for the refurb and how much you think that property's in worth and once once the work is done. So hopefully everything's all aligned and all your numbers are met. Sometimes yeah. things cross over the price. Sometimes things cross over because that's what you need to have a cushion. That's why you should always have a budget. Mm. And then what you do is you go to a lender where you want to do something called a remortgage. Mm-hmm. So basically what the whole thought process behind that is now you create uplift in that property you're trying to get a new mortgage on that property itself. So you're borrowing against the value that the property is now worth. And what how that works is a value will come down to the property, have a look around, they look at the local comparables. They usually look at a quarter mile radius and they're looking for similar properties. Mm-hmm. So that's the rule. That's the process I did. They look at a quarter mile radius and look at similar properties. Me personally, my advice is I would even, when you're doing your numbers, don't look at a quarter mile radius Look at what's sold on that road. Because if you get the numbers wrong on this bit, you're going to get burnt. That You can't okay. mess up the end value. Look B. at what they're selling on that road particularly. Yeah, that's okay. my per- that might be a bit over careful. But because there's an overabundance of deals, I'd rather be over careful than over pessimistic and get burnt. Like yeah, they're saying, yeah. better safe than sorry. And there's a lot of money you're using in this. And especially when you're using other people's money, you're going to pay back your investors. This is it. So as I say, so the value where we're coming he will look around the property, look at the local comparables. Then he will go to the bank and say, yeah, I think the property's worth X amount. Um, yeah, you can lend to them because what the bank's doing is they bring the value out to protect themselves. So they need the value to come in to actually confirm that that property is worth what you say it is. Because yeah, yeah. you could say that the property's worth two million is worth five pounds. So that's what the value is there for because the value is there to protect the lender because they're lending their money and they want to be safe in that. So you're young, man. Like, I'm 34. So 
your early 20s. Yeah. Like, I want to know how this started. I want to know, because I do youth work, innit? So I work with kids in school. So I want to know, like, from school, how was you at school? Were you a bright kid? Was you naughty? <laughs> like, oh, where did you grow up as well? Are you from West originally? No, originally I'm from Northwest. Okay, Northwest. So yeah. Like, what was your schooling like? I want to know that. Because like, you're still, like, for me, your early 20s, like, you just come out of school the last five, like, I've left school ages ago, so I want to know what you was like at, like, 16, 15, like, even even college, did you go to college and that? Like, talk me through that yeah. school school days and that. What was you trying to do? What was your ambition them time? Even myself, I've always been an ambitious individual, so I've always been looking for the money. If that makes sense. Was you on the roads? Was you doing legal things? Because you got to be transparent with everyone, man. We got to be real, especially from the estate to real estate. We need to know. Yeah, I came like, like most people. I came from low income family. I lived area to area. And um, I had a big mindset shift when I was in college. And um, how that happened is, I don't even know why I came with this thought. I thought in my head, all the actions you make now, all the decisions you make now, is not decisions that are just affecting you, it's affecting the next generation. So if you're playing about now, it ain't just affecting yourself, you're affecting the future generation, you're affecting the, the next generation of you. And I thought, I need to take my stuff more seriously. Did something happen or you just thought that? This just came out of the blue, just in my head. I over not I was sitting in class, just came into my head. So I've done an apprenticeship and then um, when I was younger, I was bad with money. If I had cash, I always spend it. <laughs> but then when you got money coming in your bank account, you take it more seriously because like, right, this is like proper money. That makes sense. And then um, I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Like, man, come on, man. Yeah, like most people, yeah. it changed the way I thought. Yes. So what I've done is the thing that got to you most about that book is that you know that cash flow quadrant. Of course. Yeah, it says yeah, you yeah. need stocks, property, and commodities. Commodities is gold and silver. So then what I've done since a young age is after reading this, I was building So what were you doing at that time though? You was at college oh. doing a course and what was your course was you doing? I was doing engineering. Yeah. I didn't really take it too seriously, didn't really and when you left college, did you go into that field? Did you work in there? Yeah, done an apprenticeship. Okay. Something I would highly recommend a lot of people because you're making quite, you're learning whilst you're learning. Yeah. And it's the people, your network, you're meeting older people and you can give you advice. And it's, yeah, it's and did, a, did the internship not work for you? The apprenticeship, sorry, not work for you then? Or was it just like, how long did you do it for? And did you work straight after it? Or was it like. Yeah, I did it for three years and I worked straight after. But it's something I would definitely encourage. I definitely encourage it's definitely there's different avenues so what I say to people anyone that's listening to this or trying to build wealth like anything in life it don't really work nothing works like this on paper but you'll get the analogy so when you're trying to build wealth there's different stages I would say stage one is when you invest stage one is eliminate bad credit yes bad debt mm. not everyone starts in this stage but a lot of people do because obviously not everyone, no one's taught this in school about credit and all of that. So I think the majority of us do. I think if you come from middle class, low income, yeah. that's what, you know what I mean? 100%. It's, it's hard, man. I feel like that's what I'm starting there. I'm starting, look, that's where you start. Clear that, get your credit on point. Because not everyone could just jump and start that in their early 20s. Because no one taught me about nothing about money, you know what I mean, in school. So now as a youth mentor, that's what we're doing. We do finance classes. Say, What's money? How do you put this? When you get a job, when you get a national insurance number, save 10%. Put it, I, gave, so I gave the kids 16 year 10. Gave them rich dad, poor dad. I said, read that. No one gave me this book when I was at school, right? You're naughty, but you're only naughty because the school system doesn't work for you. School system didn't work for me. Like the other guest here, Josh, he went to my school. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was just low academically and I hated school. And that's why I was naughty, because I just didn't like it. And we're forcing kids to do what they don't do. But this generation, we could, they can just go and start a business at a young age, bro. Imagine like starting this at 16 or starting this a bit earlier in your life will be much more better. So when did you start then? I want to quickly go and then we're going to drop a book and then go to Josh. But like, where did you start your journey? Like, what did you, what was your first, because I know, how long have you been doing the property for? Year or two now. Two years? Yeah. Perfect. So 2020, okay, let's go back to 19 then. 2019, where was you and how did you start? Like, Building in, building in blocks to where you are now. So what I was doing is over time I've been adding a lot of assets to my arsenal. So I've been buying stocks, nice, buying nice. commodities, nice. every that's what I do on a regular basis and accumulate a bit of money. And I was trying to get into property. And do you know what it is right now? There's so much strategies and properties. Like where do I start? Because you'll, be you'll be thinking about doing one thing. Mm. Someone comes with an argument with another. So one thing I say to you is just pick one strategy, and if it aligns with how you work and what your goals, just do that. That's definitely true. Yeah. And I spoke, I reached out to a guy, I said, I got X amount, like, what should I do? And he basically, he showed me the blueprint of what to do. He showed me the holy grail of property, which is buy, refurbish, finance, rent, so, go again. Nice, nice. I took that on board. Nice, and it's working for you, yeah? It's working. So we're going to go into it later about the hurdles and the, and the obstacles, because I feel like, you know, you need problems in life. And, and your management of problems determine the results you get. So it's, it can be a fight or flight thing, or you could just, you know, not learn from it and just, you know, take it personally. So I'll definitely, just jumping on what you said, there's a guy I met, I spoke to Josh about this, about luxury homes and he does extensions and the same kind of thing. So he might be of use, might not. He d he's called Cam. His guy is called iDream Group. Go and check his Instagram out yeah. now, everyone. He's he's an older guy and he, you know, I had a close friend who died um, last year. I had a lot of deaths, man. I think this is why I've become more driven than I already am. And he, I met him at the event, sorry, the funeral, and he was saying to me how he got involved in property as an older guy you know he came here third world person and he was the first generation to make it you know his parents came here dirt poor so sometimes you got to find something that's going to drive you so anyway that's that i'm going to drop one more book um really interesting book actually i haven't finished it i've only done a few pages and it's called multiple streams of property income by kevin mcdoodle and rob moore amazing book and like that's what we're doing this for man i feel like you know i don't know about these guys but for me i want i want to invest my time in things that you know, matter and, and you know, invest in my, my charity and I've got um, DTY charity and I've got loads of stuff that I'm doing that, you know, I want to do that for the next 20 years. And if I can leverage my time, but I don't have to trade my time for money, then I can make that dream possible. You know what I mean? So that's what you want to do. Well, we want to do that, right? Get multiple streams of income. So my next guest is a, a special friend of mine. Uh, we go way back and I want you to talk about your journey, how you started and what you do. Oh, so thanks. <clears throat> yeah, it was really good listening to your story and uh, everything you're saying. Uh, really inspirational, man, especially from being such a young age and seem like you're really focused and, yeah, that, inspiration and motivation love, for everyone love, love. that wants to get into this game, man, should definitely look up to you, man. So, yeah, like Jay said, we, we went, we've been friends for a long time, went to school, high school together. Um, my name is Joshua Crosby, I'm director, founder, CEO, Crosby Property Services. Started this back in um, 2016. It's been going for a while now. And um, just growing organically over the time, building a network up. Um, so basically we look after uh, about 100 units across London, North East, South West. Um, they range from five bedroom houses, one, two, three bedroom flats, down to studios, down to HMOs, rooms, six bedroom houses, nine bedroom HMOs, things like that. And um, yeah, so we basically just 
the landlords would buy properties, come to us and say, look, you know, go find us a tenant, manage it, send us, you know, send us the rent at the end of the month. They don't want any headache. They're busy. You know, these people are time rich, you know. Um, no, sorry, cash cash rich. Cash rich, yeah, yeah. Time yeah. poor, you know. These yeah. guys are working the jobs. They've got time to deal with the tenants and all the stuff like that. So they come to us and, um, yeah, we, we help them out. Um, just building up been building up the network now for the last six years or so and um yeah everything's going really well obviously we had covid it's affected everyone touch wood our business was not affected too much by that so you know everyone's working from home still paying their rents and stuff and help people out where we can and um yeah just just taking each day as it comes you know rolling with the punches always different hurdles different things going on and it's just about how you you know tackle those things and move forward yeah, yeah, no, definitely, man. I think for me personally, why I like what you're doing is that, I always say it, man, like, to the teachers in my school, there's 1,600 kids in there. Someone's going to be a millionaire. Facts. You know, Peter Crouch went to our school. Yeah. So that's how I think. I think, like, one of these kids, we never know. They, they might look like they're bad or they're doing whatever. Like, when I was at school, I didn't even really speak to Josh. Do you know what I mean? It was, like, later on down the line, like, I think I was working in, like, a petrol station in, like, North Healing, and then he saw me, and then like, I was doing videos at the time, like, motivation videos, and, like, Going back to what both of these guys said, it's really about your network. And at that time, I was doing uh, events. I've done events in 18, like 2018, like every other month. I wanted to understand how to network. Because I went to events, people give me business cards and I just threw it in the bin. I was like, what is this? Like, But when I really learned, I said, I asked people, why are they coming to my event? I made a WhatsApp group, eight people. I said, why are you coming? Yeah, some people said they wanted to get clients, they wanted to do that. But most people said, look, I want to build relationships with people in business. I want to have friends in business. I want to have people that I can learn from. And when I learned that, my events were just organic. It was just like you just meet. We just met in a restaurant and just talked. That was it. There was no mad objective. There was no mad structure. And in that time, I was doing videos. And then obviously that's when, you know, Josh saw me and then we just started to make the link kind of from there. So kind of take us back to like when you started your journey and like where you come from. Because I know like people in their 20s and 30s aren't just jumping doing this. Let's be real. If you go in the game, in it, a lot of people are older than us, right? A lot of people are older than us. They might have started when it was way different. So we're starting at a time like, you know, after like a recession in 08, like we're starting in a hard time. So just take us back to when you started uh, your, your company and why you started so, yeah. it as well. So back back when I started, my I went I was I went to uni when I was younger. Studied um, health and exercise science. Came out of there, worked at NHS for a couple of years. Um, it was great. It was rewarding, but never it was never going to be a long term thing. You know, where you can control your own time and you know. There was always a, a roof cap on my salary and that as well. Um, a friend of mine at the time, he started his own estate agents. And so I started working with him, starting to learn the ropes. And then after after a few months, I just I just took the leap. Uh, I left working at NHS, started working with him, worked with him for about six months or so. Um, and then just thought, you know what? This is all right, this property thing. I reckon I could probably do this by myself as well. And then, yeah, just took that leap. And just just went on company's house, started a website, thirteen you know thirteen pound register business company house, get a website up, and then I just had a couple of contacts that I knew around West London, and I just you know reached out to them, and then slowly slowly, I was you know for about probably about six months or a year, I was just doing odd odd jobs for landlords, and they were paying me you know here and there for finding them tenants, and then it all changed really one night. I went out with a friend and his friend from uni, a Malaysian guy, he said, look, 
my brother's got 14 properties, you know, in London. You know, why don't you, why don't you take over the management of these? And to be honest, that was really the pinnacle from when start things started going, you know, in my direction, meeting this one person mm. and then, you know, taking on the management of his properties. And then it was just a snowball effect of him then telling his friends and their friends. And it's just really, I never, you know, I never paid for any advertising anywhere. Yeah. It's all been word of mouth. You know, if you do a good job, you know, that that's going to speak volumes for you. You don't need to promote yourself really further than that. Mm. You know, to begin with, just, just work hard. And you know things things will fall into play, and uh, people will talk about you for the right reasons. Yeah. And um, so that's really from from that one guy to then the network just just branching out, branching out. Then it's you know friends of friends, colleagues, brothers, sisters. Um, it's just yeah, just grown grown organically from that. And then now I feel like I'm in a position where I can then invest some money back into the business and try to you know push it push it more. You know, advertise. Things like that, things that we've never done in the last six years. Yeah. Now yeah. it's time to set set sights on, you know, growing. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, man. You're doing really good stuff, man. And like, I think this might even be the, the sub theme of the podcast is network because I feel like um, word of mouth is like the best because it spreads the fastest and it's free and it's organic. It's like I don't think you went out for that. You didn't say, "Yeah, I'm gonna go and talk to this guy and get 40." Pro-. It just happened, right? Yeah, we were in a nightclub, man. And my so friend was like, "Come and dance, man. Come and dance," you know. And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. we're just sitting in the corner, yeah. just chatting to this guy. He's thinking, what are you doing, man?'" You know. And fast forward six years on, man, I can I can have a dance and have a drink whenever I want now. But you know, that that was yeah. the time to sit down and talk business. Yeah, when I done my events, it's like the whole theme of the event was we tried to avoid the question of what do you do? Because I feel like that's all we want to do to everybody. It's like, have the super interrogation. Like, what do you what do? You do? But in reality is when you get to know people, you like the person more than what they do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this guy's ambitious. This guy's driven. This guy likes football. This guy likes that. Yeah. And then, you know, you start, because you do business and work all the time. You have friendships. Even uh, Jamal Edwards, rest in peace, he said that. He said that he started to just do music and then he didn't have any friends because he was just had friends in his business because this took over his life. So he had to kind of like understand that, you know, you still have to make time for the friends that weren't that that was there before you got into what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? So no, it's, it's it's really good at what you're doing, man. So when you when you started your company, how come like you started and like you said you worked for your friends. So how long did you work for your friends and say, Look, I want to start my own thing? Um, so I was working for him for about six months. And then okay. um to be honest, one day he just turned around and said it wasn't working out anymore between us. Um I think he was probably a bit jealous. He could see that a lot of landlords were resonating with me and we were, you know, having jokes. And to be honest, at the time, I had a different company. I, I was selling my own brand of sports products that we brought in from China. Okay, and that was a completely different revenue. Like, mm. I was not even thinking about property or starting my own thing at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. And then that, yeah, he called me into work one day. It was 9.30 in the morning, had my suit on. You know, it was ready to start the day. Dropped that bomb on me. And I thought, wow, okay. Mm. I just left. I was in Elin, thinking, look, I could go to this estate agent, I could go to this estate agent, yeah, I could yeah. go knock on any of these doors right now, mm. tell them how much I made for this guy in the last six months. And yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know what, it's not always best to just rush into something, just go home, deep it, take the day, take the week or whatever, and just think about your next move. And then mm. that's what I did. And I just, rather than me going and work for someone else, I thought, you know what, let me just try my own thing. And yeah, so at the yeah. time, it looked like, oh my God, you know, I've just been fired, you know, and it's, you think it's the worst thing, but, you know, they say blessings in disguise and everything happens for a reason, all that, and I truly believe in that as well. 
No, I'm 100%, man. Um, I read this book, actually, called um, Obstacles the Way. By Ryan. Oh, yeah, I read it, I read it Ryan, earlier, read it earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, Ryan Holiday, man. He's a sick guy. Like He's like yeah. a young author. Your ego is the enemy as well, another thing as well. Like I feel like we all have ego, yeah. right? But you need to manage the ego. And, you know, like even have like relationships with people is the key, but sometimes remaining that is a hard thing. Because then, like you said, like if you're in different spaces, I got, I got a nice um, uh, story when 50 Cent said when he brought G-Unit in, he was the guy. And then, obviously, all his guys became, like, rich. He made them rich and then they became rich and had their own friends and then they stopped talking. And that's sometimes yeah. that happens because you're in different spaces and they've got their, they got their own goal now they're going to go on and it just happens. Very uh, good book as well. Yeah, Obstacles the Way is like... Audio. 50 Cent you know, Audio book is very good. 50 Cent book is sick as well. Yeah. Um, but the Obstacle is good because it really shows you that everything that happens to you is just like meant to happen for a reason. They always say that, but it's true. And you could literally choose. It can have a depress you or progress you. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah, it's like if anything, like relationships. You know, your, yes. your girlfriend or boyfriend might break up with you, and you, you're really sad at the time. But then you just think, you know, if it's if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know, and something else, the right thing will come along when when yeah. the time is right. So I wanted to just add before I go for this this group discussion, and we'll try and run for it as quick as we can. Um, I'm just gonna just basically talk about like problems and like struggling because i feel like that's just normal i feel like you can't do anything in life forget business and property without problems you know and it's really literally like the the reaction to your problem what did they say 90 percent is how you react to your problems or 10 percent. that's that's real that's real like so i feel like now I, I love problems i want things to happen wrong i like problem solving even today when i came like the equipment wasn't working something happened so we were just like look just can't control everything in life the fact is, this happened, let's get over it and let's move forward. So I wanted to ask you, Dylan, like, what are the problems that you're currently facing right now? Is it getting the properties refinanced? Is it getting the refurbishments completed? Is it getting bad builders? Like, what is your problems that you're dealing with? And how, how, do, you, and, or how do you overcome them? Yeah, for me, Percy, right now, is the biggest problem at the moment is finding the next deal. Because as I touched on earlier, it's a very buoyant market. People are overpaying the odds and there's little, it's, it's getting harder to find those deals where there's good cushioning. Because I'm a massive advocate in finding property where you're under, you're pessimistic about what the end value would be. And finding those deals right now is harder. However, it's possible people are finding it, it's harder. And that's where relationships come in with agents but at the end of the day an estate agent is a business and they they need to maximize their profit as any business does and they're going to take a higher offer which is coming so all you got to do is just be patient keep doing just following the blueprint just looking for deals love that line patience because I've, I've i've had to practice that myself man i get impatient man i want not i want things quick but like after a while then trust me like it's easy to get discouraged if you don't get your want over a long period of time that's a natural thing. So say if you're working on something, like the same problem for six months, you have to keep persevering, like literally, but it's difficult because you like you get frustrated with yourself. But Wall Street Trapper, I don't know if you heard Wall Street Trapper, he has a line when he says, nothing changes, do you get angry about it? And I believe in that as well. Like You have to get frustrated and, and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to actually do something about it and get it solved. Would you agree with that or disagree? No, I agree with it. I agree with it. This, for me, is in this property game, it's all about good habits. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what I usually tell people is have a blueprint, follow it. Just don't think about it. Don't think about the deal. Yeah, just yeah. think about I need to do X amount of views today. Boom, I'm happy. If you think deal, 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 you're gonna show desperation in your head. Yeah, you're just gonna be sitting, singing desperation. Agents are gonna try to run the game. <laughs> so, yeah. but at the same time, is if 
you're doing X amount of viewings a day and you're not getting a deal, you have to reevaluate what you're doing and think, all right, it's not working. What changes should I make? Because in this game is phone calls lead to viewings, viewings lead to offers, offers lead to deals. Mm. The more phone calls you make, the more blah, 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 blah. So if you're all struggling to get deals, you just need to up the amount you're doing. However, yes, yes, yes. when I say up is a lot, the mistake a lot of people make when they start is they want to take over the world and they want to do a hundred views in a yeah, day yeah, yeah, and burn nice. themselves out and they're getting patient. So what we say is do manageable tasks that are doable. Don't try take over the world and defeat everything. Just make it manageable. If it don't work, you need to do more. If you're burning yourself out, you need to do less or have a break. That's all you got to do. I love love that advice, bro. I've learned literally just from what you just said. So Josh, like what are the current problems you're dealing with? What is the stuff that you feel like is a obstacle in the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, like what 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 D was just saying as well. I think it's about, you know, being in love with the process sometimes rather than, you know, the outcome. Because if you're too focused on the outcome, you know, it can really, you know, knock you back and you just gotta, you know, like you said, stick to the blueprint. You know, if someone's giving you a blueprint, which is a proven strategy as well. And you know that's amazing. You just got to, you just got to, you know, keep on trying and patience and persistence because that same strategy you could hand it out to a hundred people and ninety nine of them won't follow the steps. You know, you just got to keep keep at it and just you're always going to encounter you know encounter problems. Um, and there are lots of problems at the moment in the market. Like you're saying as well, there's there's a crazy amount of demand at the moment and there's just not enough supply. So. Property prices are just getting driven up and up and up, you know. Wow, wow. Um, the last few years, you know, you always think, oh, I'm going to buy this property, it's on a, you know, for, we'll use, use number, easy numbers here, you know, it's on a hundred grand, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to talk it down, I'm going to get it for 80 grand. These days, you're just very, very difficult. You're going in, the property's at, wherever it's a hundred grand, people yeah. are offering 110, 120, you know, 130. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're just thinking, how am I going to, how am I going to get my foot in the door here? But, yeah. you know, you just got to keep on persisting, man. It's a numbers game. And just, you know, when the right one comes along, you'll know it, you'll be ready. So, yeah, just stick to the plan. Don't deviate. And um, persistence, man. Yeah, definitely. So basically now I'm going to drop a few things that we've probably already spoke about. Um, and we're going to have a quick discussion about it. Um, I'm going to try and talk less, actually. Um, so the main thing that you were saying, Josh, is like there's less demand in the market. So is it the buyers? Is it like couples are not being able to get jobs as affordable enough for them to to get a deposit? No, there, there's more. There's more demand at the moment. Oh, there's more, more demand. demand. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, with the stamp duty relief last year, that that created a lot more demand, and yeah. then now well, also. Yeah, sorry to stop you. What is stamp duty? Because I don't know. Um, so it's it's a tax that you have to pay um, to the government on any property that you buy. Okay. Um, up to a certain value, um, and during COVID, they they didn't want the housing market to crash, so they basically released this stamp duty relief. For, for, oh, buyers, for buyers, so to okay. try and to try and fuel the market, which okay. it did work, um, but you know it's working to a point now where demand just keep on going up and up and up, and there are it's going to crash at some point. You know it can't just keep on going up and up because so, you know already D mentioned about uh, valuers, you know, downvaluing places and not not giving mortgages on properties because people you know like it's up for five hundred grand, people are offering five thirty, <laughs> then they go to get their yeah, mortgage yeah. and the mortgage you come back and say look. It's, not worth five thirty. We can't give you that. So then, that's already going to start the the tumble of of you know the prices coming back down. Yeah, and because yeah. um, I'm looking to buy at the moment myself, so I get a lot of um, for the last maybe two months, no agents have contacted me. Haven't needed to. You know, there's so much demand in the market. 
Nice, um, nice. But the last couple of weeks, starting to get emails, trying to get calls, you know. Oh, this has dropped 20 grand. I've got one the other day, oh, this has dropped 30 grand. And you think, oh, okay. is that really a good thing? Like, do I want to buy buy this house that's just dropped 30 grand? If maybe it's going to drop another 30 grand, you know? This is it. This is so um, it's a very interesting time at the moment. Um, you know, when we reflect on this podcast in maybe six months or so, yeah, you know, yeah. things could be completely different. So it would be really interesting, you know. Uh, what, what's the date today? So we're on the 4th of June. 4th of June, 2022. Yeah, 2022. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what things are like and uh, when we reflect on this. And I don't know about you guys, but like a lot of stuff has changed in generation in terms of like young people buying property. So I know you said you're, you're just getting your property now. Dylan, where are you in property? Like, do you have mortgages? Do you have your own place? Like how? Because a lot of young people, like plus 30 plus, even in their 20s are still at home because they can't afford a mortgage. Like, like I wanted just people to speak a little bit about that. Like, what do you, what's your thoughts on the millennials getting property? It is harder now where you've got higher capital required but it's still possible it's still possible you could go up north so you have to go far you can go north yeah you could buy with different people yes i was gonna could touch on that get yeah. a bridge and flip it and bridge loan capital. yeah there's always a way around it so one thing you've always got to understand is things are always going to change some things will get better some things got to get worse you gotta think all right cool i want to do this what's the way around it so that's what i'd recommend going up north doing a bridge or raising money, raising, uh, using other people's money. There's different, there's multiple ways. There's multiple ways. And I think the best thing that I would say is like, when you when we were older, our parents were pushed of like getting a mortgage, a 25 year mortgage to live in. And I feel that's just kind of like a, a little trap because now you've got bills you have to keep paying. You might have children as well. So for me, every young person, this is what I'm doing, buy a property to rent out first. Like, if you can do that, like, do you know what I mean? Because then at least it'll pay for itself, which is why, you know, going to Dubai and all that stuff will make sense. So then you can actually come here and afford it and whatever. So what, what's your guys' thought process in actually, like, owning it? Because by, by our, my age, my mum already owned the house. And I know our parents will owned the house by the time they were our age. So, like, like what are the main things, you, advice you'll give, like, a young person that's starting out now? Maybe they've just got, like, a normal job, maybe, like, a 24 grand, 50 grand a year job. Like, what advice would you give that young person, like, to try and get into property? I'll say to them, people are struggling right now. You've got to look at your situation, look at what you'd achieve, and work backwards. Yeah. So if you're if you're not got the capital, you ain't got the capital. It's not gonna magically appear. Mm-hmm. So what you got to think about is the how. How are you gonna get the capital? What are you gonna do? That's where your network's got to come in. That's where you got to maybe JV with people, save up money, go halves with someone. That's the type of way you need to think about it. You just need to think outside the box. It's not even if you can outside the box because a lot of the things I'm saying has already been done like property investment has been happening long before i was born we were born <laughs> so none of us lot need to reinvent the world you just need to replicate actions of people that have actually done it mm. that's it so that's what i say jv raise JV. finance do bridging loan um save up there's so much opportunity things you do like with insta now like you Literally. can contact anyone you could network events there's so much ways you can meet people that the whole situation, there's more opportunity. In my opinion, there's more opportunity now than before. To start a business, you have to pay thousands of market. Now you just need a phone and a camera and just literally, say, yeah, literally. my name's Dylan, I do this. <laughs> literally, so yeah. much opportunity now. Yeah, literally, literally. Like, so why do you think people don't utilise it now? Like young people, because I work with the youth and I'm saying you to utilise it. Maybe it's over their head. Like I'm too good a 15-year-old about all of this. And they're thinking, sir, I just want to be on TikTok. And blah, blah, blah. So how do we reach to the, the youth them and say, look, 
you can get into this now. So in your early 20s, you don't have to get a job that you hate because your parents force you to go to uni. You actually have something else you can fall back on that can maybe make you start your first business that you want to do. So, like, what advice would you give to someone in school? Like, the youth. What advice would you like to be told? Maybe that might be easier when you were younger. What I think is at the moment, and it's a known fact, that financial intelligence is not something which is really taught. You just need to start with the root. Teach about finance. Teach about how to build wealth. Not how to be rich and how to look rich is what some people try to achieve. It's how to build wealth. And that's all about owning assets and how you can own assets and make them think that way. Not, I need to get a degree because of my ego. I need to wear the new Balenciaga because of my ego. How are we building wealth? How are we making the next generation wealthy? How are we going to up the trajectory of the wealth in the future years to come? Because right now, especially in the black community, there's a lot changing. We're becoming more understanding about how the system works here. Because years ago... The Windrush generation came in. Obviously, this isn't a native country. They didn't understand how things work. Africa, in, at, back home in Africa, education was a key thing. You had to read, learn how to read and write. If you didn't go to school, you didn't know how to read or write. So you needed that mm. to get a job. Mm. So now, it's the black community, we've been here a bit longer now. So we kind of know the system. We know what to do. And it's all about basically expanding that knowledge. Because right now, it's common to see black people property now years ago that weren't common i've got network events where there's such a wild sorry not wild there's such a wide range of different races people that are not from this native country and that's powerful right now power, power. young people mm. everyone is like right now the opportunity is nuts it's nuts like rich dad poor dad's accessible you can read that you can go on instagram you can talk like it's so much opportunity yeah, wanna, right now yeah it's all about pushing that message to the younger generation and that's where they need them older heads that true, are either true. in the process or have done it to teach them because right now it's it's starting to expand we're going the right pathways expanding for example a lot of the Windrush generation have been here for years they've got their properties they've passed it down to generation and now you're seeing that because they've been here long enough they know the power of property that Caribbean community now know about investing African community are quite entrepreneurial their community that might it's changing now, like yeah, for the good. Yeah, like yeah, it's exciting for our community right now. Like everything's changing. Hundred percent. Changing. I think that like what you said, even just to teach the kids the difference between an asset and a liability, just yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Uh, start something there. as basic as that, just to yeah. get that thought into their head. You know, get them to list what asset and a liability. They won't know. They won't, no, they're not taught no, this definitely. stuff. I feel like start off with something simple like that. Like that, mm. it's gonna change the mindset and think. Okay. Yeah, like you said, do I need them trainers? Do I want that car? Mm. Is that going to make me more money or is that going to take more money? Yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. It's from simple. Young, from young. Now, I think the main reason why I got into youth work, facts, is because I realised how much adults shape your whole mind and your whole... Literally, like, if, you, if you're young and you saw, like, your mum smoke, you might just think smoking's, like, good for you, right? You wouldn't even know none the wiser. So it's like, I want to be that positive, conscious adult around them to say, look, you don't have to do that. You can do this. My main thing, like even yesterday, there's this guy I met um, in a bar and he was saying, he just come out of jail, fresh home, black guy. And he was saying that he went, just came out, he went to jail when he was 14 and he's 29, right? He went back and forth, back and forth. Like, but there's more black people in jail than in the city. That's a fact, right? So now, like when my family members go to jail and whatever, I give them Rich Dad Poor Dad one day. I said, look, read that book. So my cousin went out like, cousin done three years. I'm not saying what he'd done, but he'd done three years. He went to jail, gave him the book, 
flying now, bruv. He's doing youth work. He's doing, he's trying to, you know, sort his life out. You know what I mean? And like, you know what I mean? That's what it's really about, that generation of wealth and wealth and knowledge as well. Like, just give people information. The power of just, the power of a conversation is like just exchange of information, man. If you know something I don't know, look, I've just got my book here. I've written down stuff. I'm here. I'm a sponge. I'm trying to learn. I don't know everything. So if I've got people around me that can actually call, that's a privilege to say, look, come, let's just sit down and let's share the knowledge that we all have. And we all can put it out there. So I don't want to go too long. I'm just going to wrap it up in a bit because um, I've got a long day, as we all do. Um, I'm going to drop one last book called Property Magic by Simon Zitsky. A really good book. I've read it. It talks about, you know, again, buying it with other people's money. That's really where it's at because my opinion, if you buy it with your own money, you're always going to dry up. It's always going to go. It's always going to go. If you've got other people's money, you've got more options. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, thank you guys for, like, sitting down and sharing all your knowledge about what you're doing. And, you know, it's really inspiring for me and, you know, the community, and especially the youth. I want some of the youth, they will listen to this and say, you know what, sir, these are your friends. Like, do you know what I mean? And then now I can bring them around and say, we can create our own internship, our own apprenticeship, because I've got my own charity. So we've got a thing where we're trying to, sh- my main mentoring is about showing kids what they want to do, what they love, and and seeing the economics around it. And saying, okay, if you like sports, maybe you want to be a sports illustrator, you want to be a footballer, or you want to be, or if you want to be a footballer, invest in property, because you could hurt your leg one day, and then what are you going to do then? You know, so it's always good to have, not even a plan B, but always to have different things you're working on, because you never know what's going to happen in life. So um, the last topic, really, I was going to say quickly, was about the house prices versus wages. And this is a thing that, you know, it's not affordable, and like, a job that you have now doesn't give you enough. Like, even to save for a deposit now is, is tough. So I want both of you guys to jump on that, like what I just said about the house prices versus wages. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Anyone can jump in. Yeah. What we're seeing is is the value of money over time keeps going down. Mm. Assets keep rising and it's getting worse and worse, I think. Since the 70s, the purchasing power has just gone down, 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 down. The thing I'll say is, it's only the route we're going to. I can only see in that gap get bigger. That's it. So that's more. There's an old saying that the best times buy property was yesterday. The best time was back to best times buy property was yesterday. The second best times about today. The worst time to buy property is tomorrow. Mm. And that's where it's all about thinking ways around it. I've got low capital. How do I get into property with low capital? Mm. How do I do that? It's deal sourcing. It's rent to rent. There's using other people's money. There's people that do crowdfunding. There's, you can, two people go together and buy a property. There's starting other businesses and starting side ventures to be property. Mm. There's, now you've seen people do trading and learn how to trade. I know guys that okay. started trading from little. I know guys that used to, that, I knew guys that used to be doing F and now they're making a killing of trading. Sick. Love that, love that. And right now, is is much easier to build wealth than before in a sense of even though there's more capital required the knowledge is there and people have found those creative methods already you don't need to invent nothing or be innovative mm, all you gotta yeah, do is copy yeah. that mm. i know guys making killing our rent to rent deal sourcing i know one guy Jahan, a couple of years older than me he's sourcing blocks he's sourcing okay. blocks he's making 26 grand 50 grand sourcing the whole block wow no wow. another guy progress property doing a killing they're doing a killing they're all young people do you know what i mean it's nice, right nice. now opportunities so, so. everywhere it's everywhere like that's the key word that you keep saying i'm gonna put this out opportunity but the, the problem is people are not taking the opportunity people are not maybe not seeing it or not taking advantage of it and that's the problem there's so much out there but people are just not putting in i feel putting in the work 
or looking at it as an opportunity. They might not see it. They might just see it as, oh, it's just there. So that's definitely something I'll definitely say to the youth as well. Take advantage of the opportunity. And Josh, what about like house prices worth wages? Like where are you with that? Because I know that a lot of people are trying to save up. By themselves is like hard, right? But then they have to find a couple. So now yeah. two people with two incomes are still struggling. I know a few people still struggling to get a mortgage because it's too much for the house price. Yeah, well, I think property prices have um, quadrupled and in the same time, salaries haven't even doubled. So, you know, it's very, very difficult. And, you know, being a single person or even being a couple can be very difficult. But like Dee said, you know, there's, 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 there are routes into property. There's various different routes, whether it's buying outside of where you live, buying outside of London, buying, you know, maybe buying a studio, you know, going, going, going on a joint venture with, 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 with other friends or, um, yeah, OPM, you know, other people's money. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there are a lot of other routes and there's no, there's no, you know, there's no debate that it's, that it's, that it's not difficult, you know. Yeah. If it, if it is, if it's, if it was all easy, everyone would be doing it, you know. So there are different routes and, and it is a hard time right now, but, you know, there, there are ways to, to get into property for sure. Maybe, maybe you want to buy, a three bedroom house but maybe you need to think okay I can't afford this three bedroom house let me buy a little studio up here start small start yeah. small yeah. you know it's still like like D mentioned earlier it's all about yield really at the end of the day it's all about yield so yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you could buy a house down here you could buy a little studio up there at the end of the day you're on the ladder you're making yield you know that's it man start start small and work your way up love that man love that you know what yeah I just want to thank you guys for coming again for your busy busy days to sit down and share this information knowledge because look I'm going to apply this now and I want to drop this I always leave it with lines right the real thing is man putting in the work man don't be a talker don't be a person that's going to say it and not do it the reality is you're really going to be you know the life is predicated on the decisions you make so make the right decisions man and go for your dreams because no one's going to help you no one's going to save you it's all in your hands this is Jerome from Desire to Inspire Podcast and I'm out